Welcome back to the Popcast Cafe podcast. I'm Kavya and I'm your host and I'm so 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 excited to have you all back here for episode 18 of the podcast and I'm even more excited to talk about this week's TV show and highlight just because I feel similarly about this show the way I only have felt about a few of the shows we've done so far on the podcast and that's just because I'm a pretty big fan of the show so I'm so excited to get into all the juicy details. I've been looking forward to talking about this ever since the trailer dropped, ever since I started this podcast, so so many good things to come in the next 30-45 minutes, however long this episode is going to be. Before we get into all the good stuff, I just want to let you all know you should go ahead and hit the follow button, turn on the notification bell, you will be notified every time I post, which is Fridays at 5pm Eastern Standard Time, which is my time zone, and yeah, Uh, also you should definitely go ahead and check out the TikTok, the Instagram, all that good stuff, Um, it's available in the bio, there's just a bunch of links in there. Feel free to check out any of those. Um, There's just a lot of information uh, in all those links, so feel free to do that. The Instagram is not active at this point. Uh, I decided I would probably activate it officially when I get the TikTok running a little bit better, Um, but that the TikTok for now is running, so you should check that out, and if you would like to get a head start on the Instagram, you should also do that. So very exciting things to come, but enough of all that, let's get into this week's topic. And of course, as you could probably tell from the title of this episode, we are going to be talking about Cobra Kai Season 4. So I, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I have so many things to discuss, so many plot points I want to talk about, ships, characters, everything. Um, So I'm a pretty big fan of this show. I watched, um, probably from season two onwards. I did not watch season one when it first came out. I watched season two and season one, obviously, at the same time after season two had come out. And I think it was because a couple of my friends were kind of into it, so they told me to check it out, so then I did. And then, of course, I watched season three when that dropped, and then season four a couple weeks ago when that dropped. So, I mean... For me, it was a great way to start the new year, kick in the new year, because obviously season four came out on December 31st, so I watched half the season on December 31st, the other half on January 1st, just because um, with our New Year's plans and everything, I didn't have the entire day to myself to watch, although I did get through pretty much all of it. I think I said half and half, but I think I got through eight on the 31st and the last two on the first, so it was a great way to ring in the new year, if I do say so myself, and uh Yeah, so now let's get into a little bit more of those itty-bitty details. So I guess what I'm going to do is I'm just kind of going to go from character to character, uh, just within the main cast, and talk about uh, their arcs this season, and then we're going to go from there. So obviously, to start us off, we're going to talk about Johnny. Um, So... Johnny's main arc this season was quite funny, actually. So we start the season off with Johnny and Daniel kind of being forced to work together in this closer proximity, obviously, because now they've kind of come together and said, okay, you know what, 
the real enemy here is crease so they're like all right let's do this let's work this out together so the starting dynamic was great to see just because we had spent the first three seasons with them pretty much at each other's neck the whole time i think the only time we saw them to be at a kind of okay point was when uh they um they would or just for like little episodes here and there so i remember there was one in i want to say season two i think this episode was in um it might have been season three though when they go to the no i think it was season two um when they go out to the restaurant they get along in that episode there's one in season one where they go out for drinks so there's very few instances where we see johnny and daniel kind of on the same page so for starters the dynamic for the first several episodes was really really fun just because we got to see them interact and just be very comfortable um and that was obviously really funny when johnny and daniel aren't totally hating one another they actually have a quite hilarious dynamic to watch just because they are both so different obviously in the original movies johnny is a complete bully like we are not on johnny's side but of course throughout cobra kai and just this show in general we see another side of johnny and we get to understand a lot of where he's coming from as well as understand the fact that a lot of the things that happened were because he was in fact just a kid he was young and of course he had bad role models in his life you know um obviously Cobra Kai allowed us to get a backstory to Johnny and that was that um you know his parents were not together um and then his mom married someone else and this stepfather I guess was just not the best person to be around not very supportive um kind of abusive in certain ways as well and so the role model that he had to lean on was Crease, and we obviously know what Crease is like so we're given that backstory to Johnny and are just able to understand a little bit more of where he's coming from in a lot of his actions um, and I felt like that added a lot of depth to the character. Daniel is still ultimately very similar to how he is in the original movies where he is still the moral compass. Something I really appreciated about this show is that they didn't try to totally change the narrative to make it seem like Daniel was the bad guy. The only time it's meant to be interpreted that maybe Daniel's the bad guy is simply when we're kind of looking at it very much from Johnny's perspective and how Johnny's looking at the situation. But for the most part, when you step back, you can kind of see Daniel still has the moral compass. He's still acting by what he thinks is right. And obviously he's older now. Um, he's can stand his ground more now. So he's not necessarily as um, vulnerable like he was in the Karate Kid movies. Um, he's able to stand his ground more. He's older, he's more mature, he's very successful. So those are basically the ways that both of these characters are. So they're very, very different, and they kind of, very much kind of like how they talked about at the very beginning of season three, very much a good cop, bad cop situation. They're very different, and that establishes a really good dynamic to be the center point of the show. One of the reoccurring themes that I find with a lot of teen dramas, more than anything else, is that the parent storylines can always get a little bit tired. No one really ever cares what the parents are doing. I think the only parent storyline that really... I'm trying to think. I mean, I liked the Friday Night Lights parent stories because I loved Eric and Tammy Taylor. Also, they were very central points to all the kids in the show's lives, so I really liked their storylines. Obviously, I liked Lorelai Gilmore's storylines, um, but other than that, for the most part, we don't really ever care about the parent storylines. We just tend to get them shoved down our throat, and while they can be okay from time to time, 
more so we want to see what the kids are doing. But I feel like this show does a great job of doing kind of having a balance between the kids' storylines and the adult storylines. So we're equally invested in both, sometimes one more than the other, depending on what it is. But I feel like Johnny and Daniel's dynamic is kind of the heart of the show a little bit, so that's always something that I do find very interesting. And maybe it's because these are the two characters we have been following for a lot longer. Um, I assume that's probably what it is, so there's kind of more of a history there, but I really just think that I don't even know. I just think that it's a good dynamic. So back to kind of what I was saying, um, we kind of start out with them trying to get along, and I think some of the funniest points of this season were Daniel trying to cheat, sorry, <laughs> trying to teach Johnny uh, some of the elements of Miyagi-Do, and Johnny trying to teach Daniel some of the aspects of Eagle Fang, and a lot of kind of just that animosity, um, a little bit of bitterness, passive-aggressive behaviors, those are all really, really fun. I think, um, one of the most fun things that I noticed that I just found hilarious, and I only really noticed when I rewatched season four, because I actually, over this past winter break, watched the entire show with two of my best friends who had never seen it. Um, they'd seen the Karate Kid movies, but they'd never seen the show, so we watched it in its entirety. So I basically got to watch season four again as well. And I noticed that when Daniel was teaching Johnny some of those elements of Miyagi-Do, he was kind of wearing the shorts on the pants kind of thing, the combo that everyone always seems to only wear at Daniel's, which I found hilarious. Um, Robbie wore it while he was at Daniel's, and then when he stopped training at Miyagi-Do, he didn't wear them anymore. Uh, Miguel and Sam, or Sam wears them throughout because she's always part of Miyagi-Do, and then Miguel and Hawk don't wear them ever, and then when they join Miyagi-Do, or the cross between, they start wearing them. So I just found that really funny, and so Johnny was in them while he was painting the fence. I just, I, I'm a huge small details person, so I found that to be so funny. Um, but eventually, of course, they come to a head as they do, and they separate, and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to run Miyagi-Do, I'm just going to run Eagle Fang, and they go off. However, in the finale of this season, we do see them come together again, and I feel like just mentally and just at their maturity levels and based on what they had witnessed um, throughout that episode, I feel like they finally came to the best understanding that they ever had been at. So a lot of people were speculating, okay, fine, they're going to work together again in season five and then separate again, but Genuinely, I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I think if the writers kind of regress to that, it wouldn't be very good writing, but I highly doubt they will because I really do feel like for the first time in all their reconciliations that we've seen, you know, in the past seasons, this is the first time they really have the deepest and just best understanding of one another. And obviously you can see that just because um, of a couple examples that I'm going to provide. The first one being when Daniel tells Sam to just trust her instincts, use both Miyagi-Do and Eagle Fang. That was a time he kind of came to terms with it. Or when they kind of stood together and they took turns just cheering people on. There was no longer this issue of fighting over students. You know, first it was Robbie for the first half of several, or sorry, for the first few seasons they were fighting over that. And then this past season, it was Miguel, just because obviously Robbie was not around, um, at least not on their side of it. So there's just kind of all of that kind of 
uh, friction a little bit. And ultimately, I think when Robbie does come back to the good side, there is probably going to just be a little bit of an issue, um, ultimately because obviously Daniel was more of a father figure to Robbie than Johnny was, so there might be a little bit of uh, friction there. However, I feel like that would be something that they could sort out really quickly just because they are at kind of a really, really good point with one another, which is something that I really appreciate as a viewer, and I'm very, very excited to see how that plays out. I obviously um, really do like both characters, so I'm happy to see that they're finally at a good point with one another, uh, and I'm excited for the hilarious dynamic that they're going to continue to have from this point forward. Another little thing I want to bring up is Johnny's plot when he was away from Daniel, um, and this is when he you know, is training just Eagle Fang. And the entire montage of him trying to recruit uh, students for Eagle Fang, specifically female students, was probably one of the funniest moments of the entire season. Uh, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. All of his attempts, um, just all of the dialogue was written so well. So that's just a huge credit to the writers. The entire dialogue and everything that happened within those montages and within those scenes were so appropriate to his character and so fitting for who he was. Um, and that was something that I really appreciated. I really loved seeing all that and it was just the entire time I was thinking, of course, this is totally something Johnny would say. It was so on brand for him, um, and it was just hilarious. The writers played off so well in just kind of this attempt at, yes, Johnny is this guy who doesn't know anything. Obviously, as we've seen throughout the season, since he didn't know how to use a laptop or dating apps or pretty much anything. So um, that was all just very funny to watch. So now, kind of getting into the kids... So we're going to start with, of course, Miguel. So Miguel kind of took a little bit of a backseat this season in terms of his own arc. Um, a lot of his arc this season kind of relied on the other characters, but I feel like sometimes for a character to grow more, there are points where they're going to need to be a supporting character to other characters. So I think we can very much expect a big season for Miguel next season, season five. So let's talk about kind of everything that Miguel went through this season and kind of where we're standing with that. So obviously Miguel and Sam are back together now, and it's an, it's an interesting point. Um, I personally am not a very big fan of Miguel and Sam. I'll kind of get to that a little bit more when I talk about ships, but you know, that's kind of a big thing this season. Um, obviously, Miguel and Sam are both now on the same side for the first time ever in terms of just where karate standings are. Um, but of course, Miguel has slightly more of an alliance to Johnny and Sam, obviously, to Daniel. So when Daniel and Johnny take that split again, Miguel obviously goes with Johnny and Sam goes with Daniel. However, even though that happens, they still very much stay connected with each other. It doesn't really become a burden or any kind of split in their relationship. They still very much work through it, but they are, however, separated. Miguel's probably biggest plot point this season was just coming to terms with a lot of the things he always had felt about his father. So Miguel's father was obviously not present in his life, uh, and Miguel's entire arc almost of this season was just coming to terms with that. Obviously you saw him talking to Johnny about it, because Johnny's father had also left, so you know, he kind of asked Johnny a lot of questions. They had this one really, really, really sweet to watch, um, heart to heart uh, in the factory that Eagle Fang practices at, um, 
so they had a really sweet heart-to-heart there, and it was so genuine and so sweet to watch, um, and of course, you know, that kind of stemmed from the fact that uh, Johnny and Carmen, Miguel's mom, are together now, and they told Miguel about it, so that was something I had very much been anticipating for a while now. Obviously, the idea of Johnny and Carmen being together is very predictable in the TV world. Again, I'll talk about them specifically more when I get to ships. However, them kind of introducing this to Miguel and that kind of becoming a dynamic was something that I was really looking forward to and I really enjoyed. I really liked seeing that because the idea of a family dynamic between Johnny, uh, Carmen, Miguel, and Robbie is kind of the main selling point of this whole thing to me. So... Miguel is obviously coming to terms with Johnny and Carmen's relationship, and Johnny starts to give Miguel this kind of favoritism, just better treatment in cla- um, during classes, and that's kind of what leads this whole discussion to take place. Um, and then, of course, there's the big moment, the sad moment, when Miguel, just being the prince and just the good guy he is, is helping a drunk, you know, bruised Johnny off the floor and into his bed and Johnny of course is going on and on about how much he cares and how he feels like he messed up with him and Miguel says I love you of course and Johnny replies with I love you Robbie and the look on Miguel's face is just the saddest thing to watch he looks so heartbroken and so sad and just thinking about it makes me so upset um and just Oh, the look, it conveys so much. The scene itself is very short, but it conveys so much to the audience. And just really, I feel like, oh my gosh, the facial expressions, it just killed me. Watching it was so, so, so upsetting. So obviously Miguel kind of goes through this a little bit. And in the next couple episodes, um, which is the last two episodes of the show, you see him kind of reeling from that a little bit. And he talks to um Johnny and is like you know this was really tough for me um and you know whatever obviously it doesn't come directly out but um but uh Johnny's kind of like I'm on your side and the season ends well I guess I jumped I got ahead of myself there whoa so then Miguel obviously in his part of the tournament he ends up getting injured and is therefore not you know can't compete any further so again another very upsetting point I think the main reason that this happened was because the ultimate showdown would have been between Miguel and Robbie most likely and that's something that you know, obviously we'd already seen, and if they wanted this to happen again, it would happen at the very end of the show, and not yet, and since Miguel was already the defending champion, that's, they probably just found it as an easy way for him to, for it to be like, okay, he's gonna sit this one out. So he gets injured, and, um, you know, I guess him and Sam broke up for a short little bit of time in this season, and they kind of reconcile at the very end, and the show, uh, or this season ends with Miguel, Uh, getting on a bus, he leaves a note for Carmen and Yaya, his grandmother, uh, and just leaves them a note saying he's going to go look for where he came from, and basically is on a quest to find his father. And that's when we're given the major, major plot twist that Miguel's father doesn't even know he exists. So we're just left with so many questions, um, 
I have no idea what to expect. I just know it's going to crush him when he gets there and he finds out that his father has no idea who he is. And obviously, as a Miguel stan, it's heartbreaking, but as a TV show enthusiast, it's going to bring a lot of good content for season five. So I'm very excited to see um, how they kind of play that out. So the next character we're going to be talking about is Robbie Keane, who is my personal favorite character from the show. Um, I think the reason he's my favorite is probably just because of um, his character archetype. Like, that's just my personal favorite, or one of my personal favorites. Um, Kind of just misunderstood, quote-unquote, bad boy, because he's not really a bad boy or anything like that. He just can be rough, but we've seen example seasons one and two that he's really just a genuinely good kid and can be a good kid and we do see that in season three and four as well he's just going through a bit more of a rough time in those seasons so anyways so kind of Robbie's main arc this season obviously he's uh, in Cobra Kai he's under the influence of Crease and Silver right now which is just the worst possible situation especially just we know Robbie's character, and I feel like one of the most interesting things with him and what makes him one of the most layered characters is that on a very surface level, a lot of people see Robbie's character as very impressionable and kind of say, okay, um, you know, he is very impressionable because he kind of just did whatever Daniel said, and now that he's with Cobra Kai, he's going to just do whatever Crease and Silver say. And I think that obviously those are interesting points to bring up, However, I think one of the most interesting things about Robbie's character is that while we kind of see his arc throughout the season, we see that that really isn't the case at all, because I feel like Robbie at this point has learned to not really trust anyone except for himself. He kind of has a guard up a little bit, and one of the main uh, points that I can point to to back this up is specifically in the tournament when he, um, I guess, feels guilty about everything that happened with uh, Kenny, he rips off his gi, and a lot of people view that in a certain way, obviously, they're like, oh, this is, like, it's just, like, for the shock factor, for the awe factor, but I really don't think that's the case, I think it was supposed to be a little bit more symbolic, and him kind of taking that off was kind of his way of saying, okay, now I'm just fighting for myself, I'm not necessarily really fighting for Cobra Kai, especially towards the end of the season when he really sees the error in their ways and how they really fight and that's just him coming to terms with a lot of things especially considering Robbie is not a bad person he's not a bad person at all and I think that's what makes him one of the most layered characters um for me he was definitely the star of the season he was the shining point of the season I think he had just one of the best arcs and his character is definitely one of the most layered especially considering where we were at the beginning of the show and then where we were mid to late season one where we were at the different points in season two and then three and then four like he really has gone through a lot of different changes mentally and just where he is in the moment and I feel like that's what makes him one of the most interesting characters and someone that I like to follow through more I always heavily look forward to his scenes just because I really like the way his character moves and everything like that and just I ultimately just feel bad for him all the time um and he's just oh I love him. I think he's a great character. 
Another thing that we got from him this season is we got two very special relationships that he was able to form this season. The first one being with Tori, which I'll talk about later with Ships. Obviously, they kind of strike up a bit of a relationship. And the other one was with Kenny, who is a newcomer this season. I guess he's one of the middle schoolers. Um, and he's getting bullied by Anthony LaRusso, who is Daniel's son and Sam's brother, um, obviously. <laughs> So, you know, Robbie kind of decides to start mentoring almost Kenny a little bit. And, uh, you know, then he kind of tells Kenny to come back to Cobra Kai, you know, to defend himself, whatever, whatever. And, you know, we really see them form this brotherly bond. And I think that was one of the best points of the season for me as well. And I loved seeing just how much Robbie cared about Kenny. Because once again, that just brings out the fact, like, Robbie really is a good person. When he saw that Kenny was getting hurt, it really was something that he wanted to go out of his own way to be like, okay, I'll help you, I'll show you what to do, and you could see that he really cares. And ultimately, one of the biggest takeaways we got with Robbie as a character this season was that his weakness, which we spend pretty much the whole season trying to figure out what it is, is that he cares too much. And again, that ultimately ties back into why he is such a good person. He cares too much. He wants to do the right thing. He's just misguided at times and, you know, can occasionally get on the wrong side of things. But like I said, I think at this point he really doesn't trust anybody but himself. So I'm very, very, very excited to see where his arc will lead in season five. Finally, to end off his little section, uh, I just want to talk about how we not only got a really heartfelt moment with Miguel and Johnny, we also got a really heartfelt moment with Robbie and Johnny at the very end of the season four finale. And that was when Robbie went to go see Johnny at the dojo and just kind of explained to him how he felt. And he starts crying and he just basically tells him that he's sick of blaming him. And I think ultimately they are finally at a point where they are striking up a relationship with one another. They will finally be there for one another. So I just thought it was beautiful. I thought it was great. I thought it was so necessary. It took time, but we finally got there. So I'm really curious um, just kind of really what we're going to see um, in season five. If Robbie's going to go with Johnny to look for Miguel or if that would be too much and Robbie just stays here and kind of sorts out whatever issues he has with Cobra Kai. Um, I don't know. All interesting, but I guess we'll see. So now let's talk about Miss Samantha LaRusso, who's definitely one of my least favorite characters on the show. Let's put that out there. But, um, it is what it is. So Sam, uh, again, also took a little bit of a backseat this season. Her main storyline was just with everything going on um, with the Eagle Fang versus Miyagi-Do situation, whatever that was. That was kind of her main plot this season, and um, I think one of my favorite scenes of the entire season was when Miguel, sorry, not Miguel, um, when Daniel uh, took Eagle Fang for the day and Johnny took Miyagi-Do for the day. I thought those were hilarious scenes. Um, so I don't know why talking about Sam reminded me of that. I think it's probably just because I remember the jumping from one roof to the other um, scene. But with Sam, um, I feel like she was definitely at her most annoying this season. She's always been an annoying character, but I've never seen her to be as frustrating as she was this season. She was very insensitive to a lot of the things going on with her family, with her friends, 
and just everything. Um, I think ultimately with what a lot of these characters are dealing with, she kind of tends to bring herself to the center of attention, which is not something I always appreciate, especially considering she is quite, you know, um, she is quite privileged and she is at a very good standing in her life for the most part. And obviously I can understand that she's been through her fair share of issues with Tori and just kind of feeling that betrayal. However, I do feel like she victimizes herself a lot in, in not just that situation, but because I understand a little bit at least, but in all other situations. So I guess that's pretty much all I have to say about Sam. So let's talk about Tori Nichols. So Tori was kind of my other shining star of the season. She was my other favorite just because I felt like she had a great arc this season. So Tori was finally given the redemption arc that we'd been waiting so long for. Obviously, I was a Tori stan from the moment I met her, so that wasn't an issue. However, she kind of always did represent kind of something a little bit more bad, I guess, if that makes sense. She was never supposed to be your hero, not necessarily, you know what I mean? She was always a bit of a secondary antagonist, but we were finally given a redemption arc for her this season, and I thought it was so, so, so great. So obviously, we kind of get a deeper look into Tori's home life and a lot of the things she's dealing with. For starters, she is basically entirely in charge of her mother, who we know is very, very sick, and her younger brother as well. She's paying the bills, working multiple jobs, um, so these bills are expensive because she has to pay for hospital bills and medical bills, and those are very, very expensive, as well as just probably has to just go ahead and pay for the rent and the electricity and for any kind of devices they have at home, um, all those plans, and then of course just paying for food, clothing, basic necessities. That's a lot to take care of, and of course her younger brother is pretty young, he can't manage on his own, so she is really strained to the max, and we get a deeper look into that, and we find out that that's where a lot of her anger comes from. She's very used to supporting herself and supporting others. She works on her own a lot, and she forms a little bit um, of this mentorship almost with Amanda, who's able to help her a little bit just because Amanda kind of knows what it's like to be in that tough position, and she kind of tells her, you know, she should get help, someone non-karate related, and just talk to someone because she is dealing with a lot. So a huge arc of this season is just how we see that Tori's able to do better, get better. Amanda helps get her re-enrolled at school, which is so great. Um, Obviously, we can see Tori genuinely does want to make a change because she does make an effort to be kinder to Sam, while Sam is just being a nuisance, of course. Um, And a big point we see of this is when she wins the tournament, woohoo, she um, basically uh, runs to Sam first, and she's like, hey, are you okay? Or even when she elbows her, she really makes it a point to say, no, that was an accident, I didn't mean to do that. So we really see a lot of moments of growth from her, um, and her winning the tournament was so sweet. Of course, we find out what really happened, which I'll talk about when I get to that character. However, it was still so great for her to finally get that redemption moment. Um, so I loved it. I love her character. I think she's a very layered, very well-written character. So moving on, let's talk about Eli. I'm not even going to call him Hawk. So obviously, Eli was another center point of this season. Um, he's kind of given the redemption arc in the flip side of things. So Hawk was obviously, I'm going to use both he- Eli and Hawk, by the way, when referring to this character, so you kind of know which era I'm talking about. So Hawk was obviously a menace for the last couple seasons. 
He was terrorizing. He was a bully. He hurt everyone around him. He broke Dimitri's arm. He was a terrible person. Just all around not a good guy. And obviously we see him trying to turn that around a little bit at the beginning of this season with joining the Miyagi-Do Eagle Fang crossover and then ultimately just kind of being on the Miyagi-Do side of things, trying to make a better effort. Um, Dimitri is obviously very quick to forgive him, which I have quite mixed opinions about. And he's still a little bit of a a nuisance um, for the entire first half. But when Robbie um, basically cuts his mohawk off, he loses a lot of his confidence. So a big plot point this season is was for him to rediscover that confidence and learn that the mohawk did not define him and it did not represent his confidence. And Moon helped him kind of discover that. So I guess Hawk and Moon, or Eli and Moon, kind of get back together and he just goes by... Eli now, which is nice. Um, he's able to get his confidence back. Um, he wins that match, although Robbie totally should have won that one just because Robbie had it right there and then the guilt overwhelmed him about Kenny, which is 100% why Eli won. But I feel like most people know that, so that's not really an issue. However, I get how that was kind of a point for his character to grow while Robbie still is going to wait till the very end. He's going to be the last person to get the full redemption arc, but it's okay though, because I still love him. Anyways, um, that's kind of the thing with Eli. It was really good to see him kind of be a normal person again because he was so sweet in the first few episodes before he turned into that monster hawk. So it was nice to see him just acting normal um, and just kind of being the baby again. So then we have Dimitri. Um, So Dimitri has always been a little bit more of a supporting character, but this season we kind of got to see him finally come into himself as a karate person I don't even know like you can't say a player so like a karate student whatever um so basically all of Dimitri's arc as a karate student has always been that he wasn't very good he wasn't very determined he wasn't very fit for it and finally the season we're finally getting to see that he is actually pretty good at it so watching him do pretty well in the tournament was very satisfying as a viewer just to kind of see how far he'd come Um, obviously Dimitri is one of the characters where his intentions are very pure and sometimes he can go about them in not the best way but ultimately he really really does try and he is a good person I will say that he did forgive Hawk too quickly especially considering Dimitri was definitely the one most hurt by Hawk's actions such as literally breaking his arm Um, I think that his forgiveness just happened way too quick um, when in reality I think that uh, Dimitri should have been the last one to forgive Hawk, but ultimately it really aided their friendship and they were able to kind of build back and kind of be in a good place again. So next we have Silver, Terry Silver. Um, so I'm going to talk about him and then of course John Kreese. I'm going to talk about both of them at the same time. So John Kreese, um, ends up recruiting Terry Silver, which, by the way, they were definitely lovers back in the day, because have you seen those flashbacks? There's no way. Anyways, back on track. Um, so, John Kreese recruits Terry Silver, and it's kind of like, you know what, I need help coaching Co- or teaching Cobra Kai. You're one of the only people who knows just how it runs, and originally, we kind of still see John Kreese as just the main, kind of the main runner of things around there and silver is just a little bit in the background but as we watch as the season just kind of progresses we see that that isn't really the case at all and by the very end we kind of see silver is the mastermind here and he ends up actually getting crease arrested um on the so-called account of 
assaulting Stingray. Which, of course, we know Silver was the one that actually did that. So we kind of see that Silver is actually the ultimate bad guy here. And yes, Kreese is too, like, please no Kreese redemption arc. However, Silver is the ultimate bad here. He really is the worst person ever. And we also saw that he rigged the tournament to make sure that Tori would win and get that um, trophy and everything. And although I think that Tori's skills were the best throughout the tournament, just watching from an audience perspective, um, it still was a rigging of a competition. So I'm very, very curious if Tori's um, redemption is going to cause her to come clean about it, especially considering that she did after she wins and she goes um, into the back room, she hears uh, Terry and, or Silver and just some guy who is like the referee of karate, whatever the term for that would be, um, just kind of all these confessions coming out. So, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> and then some other characters we had this season were, of course, Amanda. Um, her main thing was helping um, Tori this season, and then Carmen, who her main thing was with Johnny, of course, and then Miguel. And then, of course, Kenny, who we talked about. Great new addition, loved his character. Anthony, who was bumped up to a little bit more of a uh, important character this season, which I don't really care for Anthony, so I didn't really care in general. It is what it is. Um, and then we have just the other characters, um, Mitch, Chris, Bert, Moon, Yasmin, like, these are the characters we've kind of been following for a while, and then we also had, um, Devin, who was a new character this season, who they ended up recruiting as the, um, female, uh, student for Eagle Fang. She was a pretty good new character. We obviously don't know enough about her for me to really form any, actual opinions but I hope that we get to see more of her next season because she did seem pretty cool I would love to see her relationships with the other characters and just see how she kind of fits into that a little bit more so now let's get to my favorite part which is talking about the ships um so I guess let's start off with the ship that I personally really really loved this season and if I didn't already make it really obvious um that was Robbie and Tori both my shining stars of the season, just my favorite people ever. Um, I absolutely love the two of them together. It was something that kind of formed a little bit over time, which is something that I appreciated. It wasn't exactly the most obvious match in season two, for example. So it really did kind of come out of not nowhere because it really was a popular ship when season three came out and everything. People were really behind it. Um, so giving very... Pilar and Felix, Jordan and Layla type fan service and very much needed fan service because wow, I thought that they had the best chemistry out of any of the teen ships we'd seen so far um, involving these characters. So finally, we got some good chemistry. I think their story made a lot of sense. And as Peyton was said a couple of times throughout her own interviews and podcasts, she feels that, um, uh, Robbie and Tori had the best connection and had the best understanding of one another. And I think anyone that ships Tori and Miguel or Robbie and Sam doesn't really understand just the the deeper look of it, I guess. Obviously, it's fine if you ship one of the other two, that's fine. Because I will always be Tori and Miguel over, you know, um, Sam and Miguel or Sam and Robbie. So when those were the three options, like Tori and Miguel were the best ones, but now that Robbie and Tori are in the picture like that's definitely the best choice by far like way beyond Tori Gell as well because I feel like Robbie and Tori come from more of the same place in terms of where they are mentally and I feel like they can ultimately understand one another better 
I don't really understand the point in shipping Tori and Mickey. And the reason I bring them up is because they're another ship that people like to talk about a lot. So I don't understand the point of shipping Tori and Miguel. They were very short-lived, and it always came more from a point of Tori being more infatuated with Miguel. But Miguel never, in my opinion, really reciprocated those feelings in its entirety because he was more harped up on Sam the entire time. And while you can bring up points and say, oh, look, here's Miguel caring, here's Miguel caring, you can care about a person and love a person without being into them or being in love with them. And he definitely was not any of those things with Tori, and those were the things he was with Sam. Robbie and Tori, I feel like, kind of saw each other more as equals, where neither one of them put the other one up on a pedestal, which is automatically the flaw in a lot of relationships. See, Dean and Rory. You don't want to ever put one person up on a pedestal because that's ultimately going to cause a lot of problems and just make your relationship toxic. I think they saw each other as equals, and the moment that feelings developed for one of them was kind of more of the same time that feelings were developing for the other one. So I think just from that aspect, it made them a lot stronger of a couple. They definitely formed a lot slower than a lot of the other couples on this show, um, like out of the teen cast. So seeing that develop was a lot more um, pleasing. So I really enjoyed it. I thought they had some of the best scenes of the season. I think they look great together. Um, the entire prom sequence was great. The way they kicked ass. Yes, those are my people. Um, love them. Thought they were great. Um, their kiss, amazing. I know they had two or three cut scenes which are so upsetting to me like deleted scenes so please um i need the writers to release those uh immediately please like please <laughs> and i hope that they're gonna be in a good spot i'm sure they will be because the fan reception of keenry like their ship name um was definitely definitely the best received you know kind of ship um kind of ship reception that they've gotten just in the entire run of this show because before this I was really watching for the characters more than the ships I never really cared for any of the ships um but now I can definitely say that I am watching for one of the ships like I absolutely love them together I think they understand each other on a deeper level and can be there for one another in a way that they couldn't for other characters on the show and those other characters on the show couldn't be for them so very excited to see where that goes so the other ship that we saw out of the teen cast this season within like the four of them was Sam and Miguel. Um, I've kind of already made it clear I don't really like them together just because I don't find Sam to be the best and I love Miguel so I want better for him. So hopefully when he goes to Mexico he can find a new girlfriend there and they can be together because that's all I want for him. I want better. That's really all I have to say about that. Like I just want better for him. Don't really like them together at all. Um, so yeah that's that I guess. So then, of course, we had Eli and Moon, which was very endearing to see how she was able to help him get his confidence back. So that was very sweet. We had Dimitri and Yasmin, which to me is still feels like just the most random couple ever. I don't understand why these two would ever be together in what world. I don't know where Yasmin's quote-unquote redemption arc came from. I don't understand why she would like Dimitri or what prompted her to like Dimitri. None of that makes sense to me. So moving on. And then finally, let's talk about Johnny and Carmen. So Johnny and Carmen are not a ship that I'm necessarily 100% on board on. Like, I'm not really, like, crazy rooting for them or, like, just high-key shipping them or anything like that. I don't really care for them that much. However, they do serve a bigger purpose, and that is Miguel and Robbie being brothers. So, therefore, on that front, I'm a huge Johnny and Carmen shipper because I really, really, really need Miguel and Robbie to be brothers. So kind of wrapping all of this up, 
um, I'm just going to kind of end it with my season five predictions uh, and just kind of say what I think is going to happen there. And then I'll give my last just overall season four rundown in comparison to the other seasons. So in season five, um, the biggest prediction, I guess, that I have is that something's going to happen to Tori's mom. Um, I don't know really exactly where I'm getting that from, but I just feel like that's what it's going to be. Um, and maybe if her dad comes back into the picture, or even if her mom, maybe there'll be someone who was in the original Karate Kid films. So that's something that I've really been thinking about. Some people were saying the same for Miguel, but I don't think Miguel's father is going to be someone from the original movies. I feel like that would be slightly predictable. So I think it's maybe just going to be Tori's mom or dad that's someone from the movies. I feel like that's something I could totally see. So if something happens to Tori's mom, like if she dies or something, um, I could kind of see a lot of things stemming from that because Robbie kind of has more of this incentive to leave Cobra Kai at this point. Whether he does or not is besides the point, you know. Um, but Tori kind of feels like she has to stay just because with her ties to them and how they're helping with the bills and everything. But if this were to happen to her mother, I could see that kind of being a pushing point for her to get away. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Um, I would also love to see this whole looking for Miguel situation um, and just... I would love to see Johnny and Robbie doing that together. I would love for them to be a family, although if this season were to get renewed for a season six, I think that those would all be plot points safe for then. Um, not the Finding Miguel part. Obviously, that's going to happen in season five, but the family part would happen in season six. And I would love for Miguel and Robbie to just become friends already. I think we probably are at the best point in the show we can be for that to happen, just because they are now finally on good terms with... Johnny and if Robbie's on good terms with Johnny I could see him um fixing his relationship with Daniel as well so yeah um those are all things I could totally see happening um and I'm excited for all of those plot points so my overall thoughts on season four I have to say season four was definitely my favorite of all the seasons I was the most intrigued um with I was the most invested in all these characters. Obviously, I finally had a ship to root for, and I thought the plot points were just the best. I was the most invested in them that, that I had ever been um, in the past three seasons. I thought it was so great. So I think my ranking would definitely have to go season four, then season one, then season two, then season three. Season one and season two are interchangeable here, but I think that that's probably the ranking that I would have to go with. Um, but I really did like all the seasons, but I think I have to say season four is definitely my favorite. I thought it had the best balance of storylines and just everything. Everything about it was great. The symbolism of all the little things, the new character introductions, the dynamics that we got to see play out that we hadn't seen before, um, and just kind of adding layers to these characters that we hadn't seen before. So those are things I really appreciated. Oh, and of course, Daniel and Johnny finally being on the same side. Like, it's what we've been waiting for. So anyways, that kind of brings me around to the end of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening and hearing all of my thoughts on Cobra Kai Season 4. I absolutely loved talking for the last 46 minutes about this show because I really could just keep going on and on. I genuinely love the show. I think it's so great. I'm so pumped for season five. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around that season five is actually going to be coming out this summer. So if it is, it won't be that long before I'm back on this podcast talking about Cobra Kai again. So 
fingers crossed that this new season comes out sooner rather than later. Like, this summer, if it does come out this summer, it's going to be packed. We have Cobra Kai Season 5, um, Love, Victor Season 3, Never Have I Ever Season 3, Stranger Things Season 4, uh, High School Musical The Musical The Series Season 3. Like, there's a lot going on this coming summer that is going to be covered on the podcast. So, all just super exciting things to look forward to. And, of course, with the new batch of just summer shows that come out, there's always just a lot of new summer shows that get released but anyways thank you all so much for listening i hope you enjoyed hearing my thoughts uh and yeah um just a quick reminder gonna say it again um please go ahead and hit the follow button turn on the notification bell check the bio for the links and that's pretty much it thank you all again and until next time bye